The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. Listen to Matt Slick Live. If you want, you can give me a call today. 877-207-2276. And uh, we are streaming broadcast live here, uh, not only over radio, but we're also on Rumble. If you want to go to rumble.com forward slash Matt Slick Live. We're also on uh, Clubhouse, which is a phone app. And uh, we go out there. And I just, just to do it today, I don't normally do this, but I thought today would be fun. I did it uh, broadcasting to Discord as well and probably won't be able to find me but that's okay it's uh on the CARM server just look for my name if you want and we're also broadcasting to facebook so you know no big deal all right so today i talked with uh, bill mckeever of mormonism research ministry and i'll be down in draper on the 17th at draper's about a half hour south of uh, salt lake city give or take and uh so I'll be speaking at 9 o'clock in the morning at the uh, Utah Christian Research Center. And so they've developed that thing. It'll be the first time I've been there and looking forward to going there. So uh, if you want to check it out, you can go to karm.org forward slash calendar and uh, view the details. That's what I'm doing right now. And why? Oh, we have two things up there like that. Look at that. So, oh, I see. So, uh, that's what I'm, I'll, I, maybe try this again in English. So I'll be teaching on two top, on one topic. Um, what does it take to defend the Christian faith? So that's what I'll be talking on. And if that sounds interesting, what I'll be going over is the basics of the Christian faith and issues of proper reasoning and, uh, knowing the basics. And I'll probably have a handout of some of the basic stuff, basic Christian doctrines and ways of, you know, a little, little bit of laws of logic thing. They're, they're not very complicated, just, you know, you know, don't make mistakes like equivocation, you know, and, and um, uh, the genetic fallacy, you know, just go over a few examples like that. But, uh, you know, of course, more stuff like prayer, study the word, and how to be patient with people, which is something I am still practicing, still working on. You know, no one's perfect. We're gonna give it a shot. All right, all right. Now, as I said yesterday, uh, I asked for prayer. I do need your prayer. Uh, just things have been a lot of a lot of stress lately. A great deal of stress, just how it is. And uh, just want to lift it up and say, would you please pray? All right. There's that. But also, uh, Charlie Spine. He works with us in the ministry. He's a great guy. And uh, I'm not going to get into specifics unless he tells me I can in the private chat. But the Lord knows uh, what he needs, and uh, he definitely needs some prayer. So there's some medical stuff. You know, I mean, just stuff that happens. And if you lift up in prayer so that uh, he can be covered, that would be great. Maybe he'll tell me if I can tell you what it is or not it's not a big deal it's well it is but it's not you know how those things kind of be 
They can be a big deal, and they can also not be a big deal, but it's a big deal for someone going under the, <laughs> the meds, the knife, whatever you want to call it, and someone like myself sitting here in a comfortable chair. It's not that big a deal. So there you go. All right, all right, all right. Uh, like I said, give me a call, 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. All right, let's just jump on with Ryan from Pennsylvania. Ryan, welcome. You're on the air. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I was wanting to ask this question uh, in your after show um, segment, but I was unable to do, make any entries there for whatever reason. But my question is about uh, Judges chapters, uh, chapter 19. And um, mm-hmm. to get a little bit, little bit of background, back in 1986, I went to a, a series of lectures about the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I was in the middle of a bunch of studies about it. And the, the lectures were delivered by Yigal Yadin, who was the guy who first uh, found the first Dead Sea Scrolls and did some of its translations. And I got to know of um, one of his understudies, who was a... Um, cultural anthropologist in uh, the area of the Holy Land in Israel. And uh, this was of um, a chapter that I've heard probably, oh, two dozen uh, sermons on and uh, teachings on. And all the ones that I um, had um, heard, they talked about it being a, a matter of courtesy or hospitality and things like this. And uh, when I talked with the cultural anthropologist from Israel, we, we had quite a bit of discussion about it because it seemed really weird to me to, um, you know, to have a, this particular chapter in this particular portion of Scripture. And this person, I, I was wondering if you found this to be the case also, said the Judges uh, chapter 19 is actually a homosexual seduction scene. I don't know. That one I'd have to look at to see if that's it. There's the issue of the, the, the daughter that was uh, given over. Um, a concubine and yeah. stuff like that, but um, mm-hmm. uh, it might be. I'd have to look at the exact verses under question to see. It's almost the entire chapter where they go through it and everything. And it was, um, I, I found that quite striking, but uh, apparently, according to the most um, ancient sources, um, uh, that's that's what it is, is um, um, I, yeah. a couple of men trying to seduce the messengers. Um, into uh, looks like like I say, like, you know, uh, like I said, I didn't know if you had run across that or not. Well, I know it was the case of Sodom and Gomorrah, but here also uh, it's talking about um, let's see, they're in Bethlehem area, whatever. Uh, they were celebrating. Behold, the men of the city, certain worthless fellows, surrounded the house, pounding the door, and they spoke to the owner of the house, the old man, saying, "Bring out the men who came to your house, that we may have." relations with them and the owner of the house went in said to them no my fellows don't act so wickedly here's my virgin daughter um yeah he blew it with that one too so yeah it does seem to be a issue of homosexuality absolutely yeah um okay i was i was curious if that's what you saw also i would like to be able to come into your after show on rumble if i was able to like i say my comments were blocked i um, uh, i don't know um uh, like you about it uh, okay all right thank you but you know, see, maybe they'll let you in. Whatever, I don't know, because I just, I just go there and talk, and others kind of guard and do stuff. So I don't know. They they watch stuff. So I don't know. Okay. Okay. See. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, this is interesting. You know the, uh, the issue there. Uh, I'm going to read it, 
it's a it's an issue and I'm, but I'm gonna have to not read everything because there might be children uh, listening in cars so I'll be very careful I already read verse 22 of Judges 19 where men wanted the men there and uh, he said here's my virgin daughter and then they did bad stuff all night and stuff like that and um, so uh, why would such a man do that why would he offer um, his virgin daughter for that uh, I, I my opinion is the guy absolutely uh, unequivocally uh, did the wrong thing and was in great sin by not protecting his daughter and not rebuking uh, those men so that's what I think is the case there. It's uh, reprehensible uh, what was done. Father should have given his life to protect his daughter and the honor of his daughter, uh, not to deliver her over to such uh, treachery. So anyway, there you go. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. And we don't have anybody waiting right now, so maybe what I'll do is I will go over to the radio questions. And uh, here, so Tracy says, I'm interested in hearing your impression on a teaching on Psalm 82 from the Hebrew Bible. I had people telling me about this author, his teaching, brief overview, uh, Michael Heiser, teaching on the Psalm, why I felt, yeah, you can get the gist if you want, listen for 30, 45 minutes, the 30 to 45 minutes. Um, so I'll have to check it out. I don't know. I don't know what he's saying and can't do it right now, obviously. So there we go. All right. Let's see what we've got by way. Oh, wait a minute. I think there was some good hate mail, too. I think. Yeah, that's right. Where was that? Dave, we talked today, and he's supposed to put this in. It was hate mail. And uh, it was it was kind of laughable, and uh, he read it to me today. I can't find it, so I won't be able to go through that. That's all right. Okay, does Satan and his demons know what is written about their faith? Hmm, about their faith. Hmm. That's an interesting way to, to word that, about their faith. Uh, about them, I think, is what it really should mean. Um, in Luke 4.34... It says, uh, the demons there said, What business do we have with, with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One. And uh, so, there's that. Seems like they don't know when it will happen. Uh, is eating pork still a sin? No, it's not. Is this an abomination? No, it's not. How does it apply to John 3.36? Let's go see what John 3.36 says. He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. Oh, man. You know, I got a good cup of coffee here. Next. I'd like to get a good cup of coffee here before the show. And my wife got uh, some chai that she got from a nice restaurant or a coffee shop, actually. And I put a small scoop. I don't like too much of it. Just it makes it taste good. A little bit of chocolate creamer. Mm. Yeah, I'm spoiled. All right, so uh, that was because of the yawn. So how does this apply to John 3.36 and Revelation 21.8, which says, 
but for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all their liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Man, I should use that verse on the Catholics, you know, the, the idolaters. Man, they're idolaters. Well, anyway, that's another topic, too. A lot of good topics. Uh, let's see. So, uh, I'm not sure... I'm not sure what uh, John is asking. Uh, does Satan and the demons know what's written about them? I think that's what he means. And, and yeah, of course they do, because it's written in the Bible. They know what the Bible says. And um, and so the demons that he come here to destroy us, and another version says uh, before the time. So they know that their destruction, being cast in the lake of fire, is coming, but they just don't know when it is. Is And uh, it's not a sin to eat pork. That's okay. You go to Romans uh, 14, 1 through 5 for that. And please explain John three thirty six. 36. Uh, he believes in the Son, his eternal life. That's right. If you believe and trust in Christ, you possess eternal life. And But he who does not obey the Son will not see life. What does it mean to obey the Son? Um, the word there. Oh, interesting. The word is pistuon. Present active participle, and that's uh, from believe. So the NASB says obey, but I think the NASB is a great translation. But every now and then, I just wonder why they translate things certain ways. Let me go check this out. Other versions, yeah. ESV says obey. King James says believeth. RSB obey. LEB oh disobeys. That's tough. Interesting. Hey, there's the music. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Robert, welcome back to the show. So I did a little bit of research on the uh, that Greek, and uh, I clicked on something incorrectly the first time. And I was looking, and uh, during the break, he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son. The Greek word is uh, apathon, and uh, from apatheo, and it means to disbelieve, and it also means to be disobedient. So it has two meanings from apathis, disobedient, not to allow oneself to be persuaded or believe, to disbelieve, be disobedient, apatho. Um, interesting. So uh, either way is good. The, most of the Bibles that I've looked at say obey, and, uh, and then, but some of them say believeth, and or believe and uh, ASV and uh, refuse to believe. Yeah, so either one seems to be a legitimate translation because different translations or different Bibles render it as, as either believe or obey because Opathon Pathon from Apatheo can be both believe and um, disobey. So uh, to believe Christ is to obey Christ because he says, believe in me. And I believe that that is John 14. Let me see, John 14, 1, I believe that is. Do not let your heart trouble, believe in God, believe also in me. So he is telling them to believe in him, and they should. 
So this is interesting because a lot of times the the anti-Calvinists in their mockery, how do you know you're elect? You know, what if you want to believe and you're not elect? You know, they don't understand what's going on. And uh, and he who believes in the Son of God has eternal life. That's what I like is, uh, as I'm thinking through this, because there are a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about um, believing in a life and you shall never perish, John 3, 16, John 10, 27, 28. So uh, if you believe you have eternal life, you'll not perish. So anyway, not a big deal. I'm just thinking it's interesting. So I like studying like that. And I enjoy it when people ask questions that are not perplexing, but they're provocative. And that was provocative because it provoked me to do a little bit of study in a good way. And I appreciate those kind of, of comments and questions. All right, there's so many there's so many more things to learn. You know, I know a lot of stuff, but to be honest, I, I'm not joking. I feel like I don't know very much. I really feel like that I, because there's just so much to learn. Man, there's just so much. I have so much more to learn about God's Word. Wow. All right, let's get to Cindy from Ohio. Hey, Cindy, welcome. You are on the air. Hi, Matt. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Hi Ernie. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, everybody. Um, <coughs> hey, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking about whatever verse it was you were just referencing. Um, John 3, 36. Uh, yeah. Talking about, oh, it's a, it, in some versions, it's uh, in KJV, it's transferred, uh, translated obedience, or I mean, um, believing, mm-hmm. but in NASB, it's translated uh, obedience. Um mm-hmm. I have, and, and David Rocky knows this, I have several Torah observant friends, and we go back and forth and back and forth. And So, you know, I'll quote the scripture, says Abraham believed God and counted to him as righteousness, and then they vote, mm-hmm. you know, it's like my, my proof text can beat up your proof text. And then they quote the one, which I can't think of what it is, and I didn't have time to look it up, that, you know, refers to um, Abraham's obedience. So tell mm-hmm. me if this is correct, please. I tell them the obedience was his faith because John six twenty nine, and I quote this one to them all the time uh, this is the work which God requires that you believe on him whom he has sent so when mm-hmm. they try and say that Abraham was justified by his obedience I say his obedience was his faith is that technically incorrect or can I get by I'm with that? I'm not sure <laughs> it's, I don't generally will, I won't say things like that because obedience is not faith because obedience is different than faith, but they're related. They're different words, different definitions. <clears throat> faith is to to believe, but in it you're also obedient when it comes to Christ. And obedience necessitates faith in Christ. So they're definitely related. So these Torah observant, uh, are they Jews or supposed to be Christians? No. Yeah, no they, they claim that Jesus Which? is the Messiah. Oh, so they claim to be Christians, right? Okay. Yes. So are they saying you have to keep the law to be saved? They will not answer that question. I have asked over and okay. over again, why do you keep the law? And they won't okay. answer it. So to me, that's an admission okay. that they're tr- they think that they're somehow enhancing their salvation or their justification. Okay. Then you need to, if I was there with them, and, I'd say, and I asked them the question, must you do good works in order to keep yourself right with God? 
I need an answer. It's either the case yes or it's the case no. Which is it? They won't respond. If they were to avoid the question, I'm going to say, then I can't call you Christians. I, I will call you false converts. I will call you Judaizers. I will call you um, legalists. You cannot affirm the simplicity of justification by faith alone in Christ alone. Because you can't, and because you refuse to do it publicly, then I will just uh, consider you to be a false converts. You are like the Judaizers. And Galatians 3-5 through 5 applies to you. Yes, I quote a lot of Galatians to them. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, where are these uh, so-called messianic believers? That may back. Um, well, they're Facebook friends, actually. So, oh. and most of and them don't me... have. They don't attend mm-hmm. congregations anywhere. You know, they're just. Oh. Um, okay. I. They just usually meet in like house churches, you know, or whatever they would call okay. them. Yeah, that's a, often a problem. So one of the things you could do in, a, in that context of Facebook is uh, you write posts that are aimed at everybody paying attention to what you're saying to them. I do that. Good. Yep, do and that. also say, I... what are the things you have to do to keep yourself uh, saved or get saved, whatever it is? What's the list of things? Please tell us. And if they won't answer the question of justification by faith alone in Christ alone, and they don't give you a, an issue of works, then um, the Bible says, let your yes be yes, your no be no, and everything else is, is evil. So you just have mm-hmm. to pronounce this on them. So you're just being evil, and uh, you, you and just keep saying it to them. You, you're, you guys are evil, you know, and... Um, this, is a, this is a post, let me, if, if I may read it to you, just very sure. quick, and I got this from, it's not a, a, an exact quote, but I got this from mm-hmm. listening to Theocast, which is a, a podcast by two 1689 Reformed Baptist guys, and so this yeah, is what yeah, I posted. Yeah, keeping, wow. keeping the law, okay. mm-hmm. keeping the law for justification is the attempt by the natural man to obtain righteousness. Believing in That's the gospel true. is the supernatural act of God whereby we are given the righteousness of Christ. You cannot obtain the supernatural through your own works. Would you agree yeah. or disagree with that? Oh, that's very good. Yes, those guys are right on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought so too. <laughs> so I posted mm-hmm. it. <laughs> good. Okay. Good for good. And you just need to keep yeah, labeling. Yeah, I've never them, heard though. that twist. That's, yeah, I've never. Mm-hmm. What's that? Just keep, keep labeling them. Say you're false converts. You won't answer the truth. You seem to be ashamed. <laughs> yeah, and also Romans four five. Yeah. Just go over it. You should study Romans four one through five. It's crit- okay. critical. I don't know if you know about it, but uh, it talks about what justification is and how it's obtained. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We can go through it yeah. if you want. It. All right. If you call back, we can go through it. But up to you. Okay. There's a break. Thank we gotta you. go. Okay. Well, God bless Cindy. Okay. All right. Good for her. Good for her. May the Lord bless her. Hey, folks, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six. Okay, so when uh, the previous caller said sixteen eighty nine Baptist, uh, my brain instantly went to 
a King James only kind of thing. And I went, oh no, but it, I was wrong. So that's what it wasn't. What I was. So the 1689 Baptist Confession is a good confession as long as uh, they don't judge truth by it, but they just like it. That's okay. Let's get to Samuel from Lynchburg, Virginia. Samuel, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Um, so I have a que- I have an initial question for you. Do, would you self-identify as um, Reformed or Calvinist? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my, my follow-up question is I'd, I'd like to ask someone of that belief system about this that they can properly, you know, sure. uh, defend themselves instead of just looking up, you know, uh, arguments against that. But so growing up, I was always given the re- when when you ask the question, why does God allow sin to persist in the world? You're given I was I was often given this answer that. Well, God allows sin to exist so that you can have freedom to choose him. Um, so because if he were controlling all of our actions, it would be, you know, it wouldn't be true love that we could give to him. So my question is, as a, a person who believes Reformed theology, my understanding of that is that it kind of has a more restricted look on your free will um no, no like what you're doing and what instead the holy spirit is doing through you and it's not actually you doing it so that they can avoid people having to choose something for salvation do you understand what yeah. i'm getting at yeah 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 i get this these kind okay. of questions a lot and uh generally they're from people who don't understand the reform perspective they think they do they haven't really studied it and so they don't know. And, uh, you know, not dis- being disrespectful is just, uh, that's not on the mark. So uh, one of the things I wrote down what you said, uh, people say uh, if God were controlling our actions, it wouldn't be true love. Well, I'd like to see them just as a point of logic. I'd say, show me scripture for that or present a logical argument why that's true. The reason I would do that is because a lot of people just assume certain values. And then they just build an entire case on it. And so I would say, how do you know that if God is uh, controlling our actions, that he isn't, that isn't being loving? And are you saying God isn't in control of all things? Are you saying things happen outside of his control? What are you saying? Because there's all kinds of stuff that people don't realize that, that they're saying. And when I speak on Reformed theology, Calvinism and the Gospel, uh, in a couple, three weeks, in um, a couple weeks actually, in uh, Tennessee area, um, mm-hmm. I'll be addressing this kind of an issue where people um, they think they understand stuff and they don't they haven't studied enough and I'm not looking down my nose at them I'm just saying there's more to this and they need to study so uh, we yeah. have to just def- define what free will is sometimes what I'll do is I'll trick people and I'll say look I want to trick you is it okay if I tr- try and trick you and they say, well, go ahead. I say, okay, you, you know, here we go. And I say, is free will the ability to be able to choose between a good action and a bad action? And you can do either one. You can choose either one. You can do either one. And um, no one forces you, and that's it. And, and you make a choice. And, and I, say, I ask them, is that free will? What do you say? Is that free will? Is it? Are right you there. asking me? Yeah. Hey, I'm still here. I mean, is it, 
I think it's tough to define it. And I've, I've heard this. I've gone down this rabbit hole with, with my cousin who is reformed before where it's kind of like, then you just get okay. into this kind of shit back ask you, and forth argument about what's okay. defined. Let's just focus. Will. Is that free will? Okay. That's the question. Focus. So is it free will to say that as long as you have the free ability, no one's forcing you to be able to choose between good and bad, you can do either one, you make a choice, that's that's free will, right? What I mean, I kind of I kind of disagree with that because, I mean, I don't think you can ever totally be free to choose okay. something else. There's so, always going to be pressures. So let me... Let me focus on this, okay? The reason that's a false definition is because God cannot choose to do evil. And it, the the thing I try and show people is that what they're doing without realizing it is they're being humanists. They're defining something in relationship to their own common sense and not using the standard of God himself to define what free will is. That's the point. Free will is the ability to make a choice that's not forced on you, that's freely generated from within, but it's also consistent with what you are, with your nature. This includes God, because God is holy, he cannot lie, he cannot sin. So that would be mm -hmm. a better definition. Well, then what do you do with the, the verses that say that the unbeliever is a hater of God, doesn't seek for God, is by nature a child of wrath, his deadness tre trespasses and sins, is a slave of sin and cannot receive spiritual things. So that would be his nature. So then if we understand what free will is, that a person can only act in a manner consistent with his nature, and the nature of such a person is depraved, that he cannot receive spiritual things, that he's a hater of God, doesn't do mm -hmm. good, doesn't seek for God, is a slave of sin, hearts desperately wicked, deceitful. He's dead in his sin, by nature a child of wrath. Then we ask, how does he freely choose? And people say, well, free will means he can. No, don't do that. Use free will's definition based on what God can do. Don't be humanist in your philosophy. And they don't realize that's what you're doing. And so what I try and show them is that we use God as a standard of what is right. And then we apply the question to that standard. And that's what we should be doing. Otherwise, we're inadvertently becoming idolaters. So this is the point. And if an unbeliever is a slave of sin or hater of God who can do no good, doesn't seek for God, etc., cannot receive spiritual things, then how does he freely choose? Well, he's completely free. He's free within his restricted nature. He's free. You know, I have a restricted nature. I can conceive of things but I can't accomplish everything I conceive of I want to fly to the moon but I can't do it and so we are restricted by our natures as to what we can apprehend what we can know as well as what we can accomplish I also can't decide to want to do something that I'm not aware of and I can't decide to do something that I can't comprehend so we're restricted in our freedom right away by our natures but too many people, what they do is they say, "Lo, no, we have free will. And they walk around strutting. Just imagine some guy doing, walking like a, a rooster, slowly strutting. Yeah, look at his head. That's right. I got free will. That's right. God won't violate my free will. God is not in control of my free will. I can do whatever I choose. And that's the arrogance of humanistic philosophy that's woven into Christian thought now. So I try and shape that uh, into people's mind to get it to 
be right so that they won't continue to be in error. All right? So that's, yeah. that's the foundation part. Okay, you want to go any further than that? Because there's more. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, and I've, my past, I went to an EPC church growing up, and that's a similar, that's pretty, pretty much on par with what he said, is kind of trying to make sure I really understood, like, look, you, you may think you have free will, but there's a ton of restrictions on that, and this is not, uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I hear that, but I'm also kind of wondering, like, what at what point does, do you have any action from yourself to move towards space? And if so, is that the Holy Spirit Sorry, you said something. To move towards faith. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting set of words because the Bible says God grants us faith. Philippians one twenty nine. How do you move towards faith? You mean, how do we move towards God? Well, God draws us, John 6, 44. But we can't come to him unless it's granted by the Father, John 6, 65. But there is a choice. I hear what you're saying, but there's like, would you deny that there's ever a, a, a moment where you choose that from yourself? Or is it sure. only Absolutely. ever the spirit that would do that through you? Okay, so we got a break coming up here, so let me start this and see if we can get through it. What I'll introduce you to, I'll, I'll preamble it, and then we'll wait till the music starts, and so we'll come back from the break, and I'll teach you what the position is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about uh, temporal priority and logical priority. Once I teach those concepts to you after the break, then we can apply the issue of belief to it because we reformed folk do believe we have free will and we do believe we freely choose Christ. We do. Okay. I have a Master's of Divinity from a Calvinist seminary and I've been defending this for 33 years. So when we get back to the break I'll explain how and why. Okay? So hold on buddy. Hey folks be right back after these messages and I hope you still listen when we get back. God bless. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Samuel, you still there? Yep. All right. Okay, so a lot of people think that Reformed theology, Calvinism is also known, is deterministic, uh, God stamp, steps on your free will, grinds it into the ground, yanks you kicking and screaming, etc., etc. And that's not the truth. That's not what it is at all. And we do believe in free will. We define free will biblically, though. It's, you know, as I showed you how, you know, what it is. And then we, we also affirm what the scripture says about the unbeliever, that he is a slave of sin. And so uh, he's not going to choose God of his own. Can you remind me? With, and, sorry to interrupt you. Can you. Remind me what that verse was again with about the um, the total depravity argument. Oh, there. those are those are uh, such verses as um, Ephesians two one and verse three. Uh, you can go to Jeremiah seventeen nine. You can go to. Uh, 
Romans 6, uh, 14 through 20. You can go to 1 Corinthians 2, 14, and Romans mm-hmm. 3, 10 through 12. Those are What was places. the one you were mentioning specifically? Well, which, what was I saying about it? There's, I've mentioned a lot of them. I can't remember. It was, um, well, you, you brought up one particular verse about he's like, he, you know, the unbeliever has no understanding of... Mm-hmm. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 14. Uh, yeah, you know, okay, they cannot receive the things of God for their foolishness to me. Cannot understand them. Cannot receive them. That's what the Bible says. He cannot. See, what we do is we say, "Well, the Bible says this." Well, the Bible says whosoever. And I go, "Yes, it does, kind of." <laughs> in John three sixteen, but we don't set scripture against scripture. You know, mm-hmm. but that's what happens a lot. Is I'll quote a verse and then they say, "Well, that's not true because of this verse." And I, are you realizing what you're doing? You're setting scripture against scripture. Don't do that. They do it all the time. See, no, don't do that. Okay. See, you need to bow to the sovereignty of God. Okay. I'm sorry, what? You said they do that all the time. Are you thinking of anybody in particular? Just particular gen- general group? Arminians who um, are obstreperous, and uh, and they, mm-hmm. they misrepresent Reformed theology, insult it, uh, you know, just stuff like that. And that was one of the emails we got today that I was going to read over the year and go through it because it was complete misrepresentations. And I've met so many that when I say, well, that's not what we believe. Yes, it is. Well, no, it's not. And uh, yes, it is. I know I've studied it. I said, well, so have I. But, you know, and that's yeah. not what it teaches. Oh, yes, it is. And I test them and they don't know. And I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody, but it's just like, come on, you know, study this stuff. Okay, so let me get into this issue of do we believe you actually freely choose God? The answer is yes, we do. We do. But let me explain what I mean by that. So I have to use an illustration. I don't know if you've heard me talk about it on the radio before about uh, logical priority and temporal priority because these are concepts that are very important at this point. So the illustration I use is a light bulb. And so temporal priority, this would be an example. We flip the switch, electricity enters the light bulb, and five seconds later the light comes on. Well, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but you get the point. This is temporal priority. There's an event, and then five seconds later, there's another event that's related to the primary event. So this would be temporal priority. Logical priority is different. So when you flip the switch, electricity enters a light bulb, and electricity and light are simultaneous. So they're simultaneous, not temporally distinct, but logically distinct. And what that means is that electricity must be there logically first. It must be there in order for light to be there. But they both occur at the same mm-hmm. time. So this is called logical priority. So let's apply it to the issue of faith and regeneration. Let's say we have a, 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 faith, a man who believes, and five seconds later he's regenerated. This is temporal priority. Well, then we would have a problem because we'd have a, a believer who's not regenerate for a while. That seems to be rather incongruous from Scripture. Let's reverse it and say that regeneration precedes faith by uh, five seconds. Then you'd have a regenerate person who's not a believer for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And that's problematic. Yeah. And so what we say as Reformed folk is that regeneration precedes faith logically. That it must be there in order for us to freely believe. And when it's there, we freely choose Christ. We freely do it. 
And furthermore, God is the one who causes us to be born again. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3, we're born again not of our own will, John 1.13. Uh, as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed, Acts 13.48. Uh, he grants us repentance, 2 Timothy 2.25. He grants that we f- have faith, Philippians 1.29. And Jesus says you cannot come to him unless it's granted to you from the Father, John 6.65. And so we reform folk say, well, we, we believe all of them. And people will say, well, he wants all to be saved. Well, that's another topic. And then we go and look at how God uses the term all in reference to salvation. And you'd be surprised what God says about it. Most people don't study. Most people say, all means all, that's it, we're done, I'm not talking to you anymore. I said, okay, fine, you want to talk anymore, then that's fine. But for those who want to hear and hear a Bible study on this from, this, from the Word of God, I'll, t- I'll tell you. That's what I do in, in chat rooms. And they say, go ahead and teach. And I go, I go okay, look, t- check this out. And I always warn them. You can't trust a guy with his last name Slick. You always check what I say against Scripture. Okay. Well, I mean, it's true, you know. You wouldn't trust a guy named Slick. All right? Yeah. So so you're saying under that um, uh, logical priority argument that God does the regeneration part and then your free will comes in after that. Mm-hmm. or simultaneously with that, so to speak, with yeah. the, the next part. Is that right? And he, Yeah, and we choose to believe, and he also grants that we believe. And that's yeah. what the Bible says. Dude has been granted to believe, and has been granted is in the Greek is aorist passive indicative. That's significant, because it means in the Greek, aorist is past tense, and passive means you receive the action of it and indicative means it's a fact so yeah we we receive the action of believing yet we do the believing so what what is that reference again first peter 129 okay okay and also you can cross-reference it with john john 6 29 where jesus says this is the work of god that you believe on whom he has sent so that's what we find. Mm-hmm. And so we reform folk. We believe in the sovereignty of God and the freedom of man. And the freedom of man to the unbeliever is, well, he's free. He's free to operate within the realm that the chain of depravity lets him go. And so he's free. Like a wild dog on a chain. He's only uh, able to go so far and the chain stops him. And the chain here is total depravity. The scriptures that teach that his heart is wicked and deceitful. He cannot receive spiritual things, does not understand them, does not seek for God, doesn't do any good, is dead in his trespasses and sins, is by nature a child of wrath. So the chain is there. But what unbelievers, well not unbelievers, will say what a lot of times Arminians want to say is there is no chain. Otherwise, it's not true freedom. And I say, really? So then, can you show me your definition from Scripture? Can you show me why it's true? And they can't. And I say, but God Wait, why, can't what's true? lie. What's that? You're saying by, uh, that what is true? I missed that. The idea that, there, that human free will is restricted by its sinful nature. Oh, they don't gotcha. like that. 
And they want to say that it's not restricted by their sinful nature. And that's when I say, please show me that in Scripture. And they'll go to verses like John 3.16. <laughs> What's that? I mean, What's that? I said, of course it's restricted to some degree. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can make a good argument that it's not oh, restricted they, by that. You know? They do. They, they try all the time. Seriously, they do. Hmm. And they'll go to John 3.16. You know, God's loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. And I say, well, sorry to break the bad news to you, but the word whoever is not in the Greek. It's the word whoever is is host, and it's not there. What is there is pas ha on, all the believing one. And it says that the believing, all that believe. And even if it did say uh, whoever in the Greek, host, I'd say, and how is it that they come to believe? Are you saying they come to believe by their own sinful free will? And then I have a, another question I ask them, a question they can't answer. I say, look, here's Bob and Frank. They're identical twins. Even in their cesarean, they both came out at the same time. They married identical twin uh, women. They have uh, two desks in the same job. And they do the same thing. And they live next door to each other. I mean, everything in their lives is identical, Bob and Frank. They're not believers. And one day, they get invited to go to a church from a, someone across the street and they both go and Bob believes the gospel is regenerated and Frank does not and I asked them the Armenians to say why did Bob believe and Frank did not and the standard answer is because, that's because of his free will and I say why did Bob's free will enable him to believe and Frank's free will did not and that's where the wheels come off the cart because I say you think about this who made the will? God. Who made the mind? God. Who put him in that place in that time? God. God did this. So why is it that one person, so to speak, free will, grants him access and the other one does not? If you say it's because of what the free will is, well, you're not answering the question. Why does his free will allow and the other one does not? Because that's what free will is. That's not what free will is. And so they don't realize they're adopting humanist philosophy. And in my opinion, humanist philosophy is rampant in the Christian church. And I'm going to start writing an article. Uh, it'll take me a while to get more and more citations and stuff about this, but I'm seeing it more and more. So, yeah. Well, I listened to your, uh, you said you were doing a talk soon on this issue. Uh, yeah, I'll be in Tennessee, uh, you know, 22nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th. I'll be there for uh, four or five days at a conference. I'm only going to speak once, but I'll be there. Uh, several days. Is it going to be streamed anywhere? I hope so. I talked to the guys who were heading it up. I said, you guys should stream it. We don't know how. I said, I'll help you. And then I heard that they're going to stream it, but I don't know if I heard that right, so I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll look for it and see what I find. Well, thanks yeah, for your my, time, Matt. I appreciate your oh, perspective. Hey, no problem at all, man. No problem at all. And please feel free to disagree with me and say, well, I'm not so convinced by that. That's okay. That's your free will act. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm more here to more here to listen than uh, than speak. I mean, I I would probably fall more under the Armenian category, but I. That's all right. No, I'm not running with the crowd of people that make arguments like the ones you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I do appreciate your perspective, and well, sure definitely enough. good to keep open dialogue so that we're not strawmanning each other's positions all right. the time, and you know. Well, let, let me just give you some right, kudos because let me give some kudos really fast. I only got a few seconds. Sorry, but I really appreciate that you called up to answer or to ask 
and you still don't agree, and that's okay. But now you're informed more, and, and that's fine. So praise God. All right? There's the music, buddy. All right. All right, man. God bless. Have a good one, Matt. You too. God bless. Bye. All right, everybody. There's the music. I'm out of here. May the Lord bless you by His grace. We'll be back on the air tomorrow. And hopefully, we'll talk to you then. Have a good evening, everyone. God bless. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.